0: On this week's episode, we talk about overcoming and achieving the impossible. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer and founder here at Compete Everyday, and excited to get to hang out with you as we have a brand new episode of the Compete podcast featuring Joel Runyon of Impossible HQ. I'll share a little bit about Joel and his story later, but just want to remind you that every month we have new challenges, new activities, and fresh content delivered to our free Facebook group and would invite you to join in, in there with us at facebook.com groups slash compete every day. You can also get connected with the show, listen to the latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and more by searching Compete Every Day or going to podcast.competeeveryday.com. You'll find this show, you'll find our Raising Competitor show for parents of youth athletes, and even our leadership podcast, Cultivate a Winning Mindset. All of that can be found at podcast.competeeveryday.com. And then finally, a number of you have reached out over the last few weeks after I said, if you haven't said hi yet, be sure to do so. And so I loved getting to connect with each of you, uh, getting to trade messages about what some of the goals you have for 2020 are, uh, some of the books you're reading, maybe uh, some insight into future episodes and content that you'd love for us to dive into. So if you want to drop me a note, say hi, make a recommendation, or just ask a question about the brand. Uh, be sure to email me at podcast at I read each and every email that comes through and love getting connected with our listeners. So shoot me a note, podcast at Today's guest, Joel Runyon, is someone who I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation and, and talking points we had today. Uh, he's someone that I've wanted to have on the show for a while, especially because I've had the opportunity to follow his brand and his message since probably 2012. I first learned about his work through uh, World Domination Summit, uh, a, an event no longer in existence but run by Chris gillibo uh, It fa- was a fantastic event and I got to learn about Joel's work and was fascinated about how he saw the word impossible, how he sought out challenges in his life, and, and how he honestly wasn't always that way. What that turning moment was for him and, and what inspired him to start competing every day for his life. Uh, You're going to see a lot of parallels today between the words and and stories Joel uses to talk about his work and his mission uh, that align very well with the Compete Everyday mission. And so you'll know immediately why we wanted to have Joel on the show. But more than that, I think you're not only just going to be inspired by the conversation, but you're going to be challenged a little bit in, in how you see certain. obstacles, how you see certain challenges, uh, what you can do to continually build your growth mindset beyond just a physical sense, beyond just the fitness uh, or your sports career. But how do we build that same mindset throughout our career and throughout our life? And Joel does a fantastic job of sharing those parallels, sharing his own journey of growth into building multiple successful companies and organizations, uh, including Impossible HQ, uh, his his ultimate, his Paleo Meal Plans LLC that we get into a little bit at the end that you can find out more in terms of their meal plans and programs, uh, as well as the monthly challenges that they're doing at Impossible, if, if that's something you want to dive into. So today, I'm excited to welcome to the show the founder of Impossible HQ and someone who is crushing any challenges put before him, Joel Runyon. Runyon. <laughs> Yo! welcome to the show today.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Man, excited to have this conversation. Uh, I've been a fan of the Impossible brand for years now. Uh, after learning about it, I think maybe at World Domination Summit way back in the day. Uh, but man, our listeners are going to be in for a treat today. But before we get started, I'm curious what the word impossible means to you.
1: All right. So uh, yeah, I can give me all my spiel, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so i get I get frustrated with impossible because a lot of people use impossible to mean two things and they're both wrong so first set of people that say uh, uh impossible is a uh uh it's like a statement um, you know if they say something's impossible uh might as well not even try it like it can't be done give up on it and there's another group of people that says they always use the Aubrey Hepburn quote which is the fastest way to make me angry uh, it says uh the nothing's impossible the word itself says I'm possible and there's sort of this dreamy fairy state about it where it's like everything's possible you can just go out and do it and so uh, uh, I hate that because it's not grounded in reality and so what I what I talk about with impossible is that impossible is not a statement it's a challenge and that going after something is impossible is the correct way to go about things and it's the correct way to Uh, live a more adventurous life, live a better story and uh, do the things that actually matter. Um, Most of the things that uh, are worth doing seem difficult, seem really damn hard and seem impossible. And going through it, you're going to want to quit a million times over. And um, if you do something that's sufficiently worthwhile doing, it should be almost impossible but uh there's another quote that i like that's much better it says it always seems impossible until done and um i love that because uh if you go after something that's hard if you go, go after something that's worthwhile it always seems impossible until you do it and then you kind of open up a whole new realm of what you think you're capable of and what you have reference for um and then you can just continue to continue to, to do more and more and more so that's uh that's what i love about uh Uh, the word impossible.
0: Well, and and what I appreciate most about that, one of the keywords used in that is story. The Mm -hmm. overcoming those challenges, rising to that opportunity creates better stories. And and your story is very unique in that aspect in that you a while back were a college grad, couldn't get a job and was kind of stuck, if I remember correctly, before launching into this entire journey now of seeking challenges and rising to those challenges to change your life. Is that, I mean, take us back to like that first, what was your first quote impossible challenge that you, you sought out and attacked?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this started a long time ago, like a while ago now. Um, but it, it was, you know, I was unemployed living in my parents' basement and like really mad about my life. Cause it wasn't doing very much. Uh, I graduated, you know, got a double major and, that allowed me to go sit in my parents' basement and not get a job for nine months. So, uh, I was feeling bad about myself and like watching a ton of Netflix, you know, and there wasn't you know, that much on Netflix at the time. So it wasn't even that good, but I was, uh, seeing all these other people do the things that I wanted to do. And it seemed like everybody else was able to have interesting, um, uh, like to go do cool, amazing things that I wanted to do. I wanted to travel the world. I want to start my own business. I want to be an athlete, but like, I didn't have, I, I didn't have any money. I couldn't start a business. Uh, I couldn't even get a job at Starbucks. Um, I couldn't quit my job and travel the world cause I couldn't even get a job. So all these things seemed really difficult, impossible for me. And, um, I had a whole list of things I wanted to do and all these things were, were on it. Um, and I couldn't do any of them, but there was one thing at the bottom that was uh, run a triathlon and I grew up playing basketball. I was an athlete, but I'd never ran more than a 5k in my life. Uh, I didn't know what sports were even involved in a triathlon. It just seemed kind of interesting. And I told myself for a long time, like, you know, don't bother doing that. That's crazy. And then I realized that I just, like, I kind of ran out of excuses for why I couldn't put on my shoes and run around the block or get on my bike. And it was a mountain bike that I think I had from middle school and ride around the block.
0: Did you have like friends that would call you out on those excuses, or was it just no, yourself I was, and air your No, I was
1: alone in my base, my parents' basement. All of my friends had jobs, um, and I was just literally googling like Chris Guillebeau, you know, traveling to every country in the world. And I was like, "That's awesome!" Uh, like my uh, uh, Sean Ogle at Location Rebel had to quit his job and move to Thailand. I was like, "That's fun," but I can't even get a get a job, Sean. Um, and so I, I mean it was kind of lonely. Like I, I didn't really have a lot going on for me at the time. And it was one of those things where I just like, I got tired of hearing my own excuses and like, I didn't have ways to travel. I didn't have ways to start a business. Um, I didn't really have any skills. Like I was smart could figure stuff out, but I didn't really have any marketable skills uh, to bring to the table for a company either. So I was doing a bad job at that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't have any reason why I couldn't run around the block. And so I signed up for my first indoor triathlon, which is an indoor triathlon at Lifetime Fitness. Uh, It's a 10-minute swim, a 30-minute bike, and a 20-minute run. And you see how far you go in each of those. And then you add it up. And I did that. I think my mom came with me. Uh, Very cool. And uh, I finished it. And I realized I I had a moment in my head where I was like, you spent so long telling yourself that this was impossible. And you just did it. Like, what else could you go out and do if you just went for it? Um, and so that kind of started my journey down, uh, into doing a lot more triathlons, um, did everything up to, uh, a half Ironman and realized I tricked myself into running a lot. And so then I got into running, uh, got into marathons and then, um, got challenged to do an ultra marathon and then got really into ultra marathons. Um, and eventually, you know, uh, kind of all snowballed on itself, ran a, ran an ultra marathon on every continent, um, uh, did a bunch of different things to raise money for charity. And then, you know, I took that same mentality. I was taking in fitness, uh, applied it to my job search, uh, kind of in parallel, and then ended up taking that job, getting a better job, quitting that job, starting my own stuff up, building my own businesses over
0: time. So, um, you know, it all, yeah, that's a long, you know, it's a, that's no, like I, a I love, there's, story a, few, right there. there's but, a few pieces about that that I love for anyone listening is the fact that you started with, I didn't have any marketable skills. I didn't have this, I, I, but I finally got tired of my excuses. Now you you own multiple businesses. You've, like you mentioned, you've run on every continent. You've run ultras there. Uh, in fact, you are, what, the youngest? One of the youngest to run, if not the youngest to ever run those ultra marathons on every continent and of there's, only five people? A,
1: yeah, there's like seven-ish. It's, so this is like, this is a, if you want to get into like, interesting niche drama there's like drama between like who's run ultra marathons or just marathons in general on different continents and what defines a continent um if you want to go down a rabbit hole google that uh, <laughs> but uh yeah I, there's like seven people who've basically run an ultra marathon uh documented i think on um on the continent of antarctica um which is pretty much the limiter right there and so uh, i I did it just before I turned 30. Uh, so I was the youngest at the time. It's probably, you know, pretty breakable. Uh, it's 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 more of a logistics issue than it is, um, you know, there's a lot better runners out there than me. But, um, you know, when I finished the project, I think I was the youngest person to do it.
0: I love it. Well, and and two other things that you mentioned that I, I'd love to dive into. One has been a topic of conversation I've had with people a lot re- recently about how we almost develop the growth mindset. We see the in fitness, in sports, the idea of I can develop these skills. I can get better after running around the block. Maybe I can do this. I can do more. But a lot of times we struggle doing that in life. We struggle with that parallel. And you mentioned that directly, that you started to see these areas with running and fitness and started applying them in your career. What was, if you remember, that aha moment that it was more about – than just or excuse me it was about more than just fitness more than just sports that man these same things apply over here
1: I, I think it's I talk about reference points and a lot of people live in their head and so they think whatever's going on in their head is reality and it, what's going on in their head is like their own story about what's happening in reality and so what what endurance specifically taught me was that you could be telling yourself a million stories in your head and it has nothing to do with what's actually going on. And so um, by doing ultra marathons, I put myself in a situation where I would tell myself, I don't think I can go any farther, like a hundred times throughout a race. And then I would. And then you start to realize that that voice in your head is just a voice in your head and it actually doesn't really mean anything at all. And Um, you start to see that voice in other places. And I talk about this with cold shower therapy, which is a 30 day challenge of taking cold showers. And a lot of people talk about the health benefits. Um, A lot of people talk about, you know, just the physical reasons to do it. And my entire, you know, thrust for doing cold showers is completely mental because right before you take a cold shower, you think this is the stupidest thing in the world. This is going to be terrible. This could be horrible, whatever. And then you get out and you realize like, it's,
0: it's cold for five minutes, but you get out and you realize like, okay, that was just cold for five minutes and it wasn't that bad. And wasn't um, your first with that someone challenged you to it or called you out on it to start that process.
1: Yeah. So that was like at a bar at like after WDS. Um, and one of my friends, I literally met him 10 minutes before that. <laughs> um, and he called me out. He's like, why have not you quit your job and started your own thing? And I was like, well, you know, I've got all these reasons. And he just, you know, he called BS on me and, uh, yeah, told me, go do it. Uh, and I didn't want to do it, but then I realized I was going to see him the next day and I didn't want to have to be like, oh, I didn't do what you said. <laughs> uh, and so when I, you know, cold showers is one of the, one of those things. Um, endurance is one of those things. And then you start realizing that like people tell themselves this stuff all the time in their head. You know, they pull their punches. Uh, they don't follow through. They self-sabotage. They, they don't apply for the job that they want because they, you're probably not going to get anyways. And they disqualify themselves for things before they even put themselves in the running. And what I started realizing is like if you want something you could go after it and everything has a price and you just have to be willing to pay the price. Um and so for me I there's this random opportunity down in Indianapolis, Indiana and I moved in to my sister's house and uh like slept on her couch for like 2 months um and basically worked for free for 2 months to figure out like can I learn anything from this marketing agency that I like? They didn't pay me very much at all, but like they gave me a shot to learn. And I'm just like chasing down stuff, you, you know, grabbing coffee, doing whatever I could, um, but getting around the owner and learning as much as I could, because I didn't have any marketable skills at the time. And basically what I just learned was uh, what's your goal? What's like, what needs to be done to get to that? Like, I'm not going to have someone pay me $45,000 or $50,000 a year coming out of school. Cause I didn't really have like, I didn't actually bring anything to the table. I realized, like I didn't, I didn't know anything. I'm not going to provide that type of value. And so I had to figure out another way to kind of jujitsu my way um, into the room. And that was by, okay, like you're going to pay me on commission of whatever I sell. And I'm probably not going to sell very much, but I'm going to be living on my sister's couch uh, in some random place in Indiana. And uh, I'm going to figure out how to make this stuff happen and make myself valuable and make myself to the point where I can, um, have something to bring to the table and then get compensated for it. And so, uh, I took those lessons of like figuring out, you know, if you want to run a hundred K you can do it. You just have to put in the work, you have to train for it and you have to figure out what that price is going to be. And the price is probably going to be, you know, waking up pretty early every single day and going for your run and not missing any training days. Um, and if you want to do that, uh, when it comes to your job, it's probably like, you probably got to do a lot more stuff than you're just, you know, getting by, uh, right now cruising with. And so, um, it kind of shifted how I looked at goals and how I went after them instead of just being like, you know, here's the playbook. Here's how you get a good, you know, a a good grade in class or whatever. It's like, no, how do you think about this strategically? And then how do you outwork people both smarter and harder, uh, to go get what you want? Um, and that shifted, you know, kind of everything. And then uh, I, I like to say, you know, when it comes to running, I'm not faster than people. I'm just like better at suffering. Um, and so uh, outlasting people when other people quit or, you know, refusing to go home when it's uh, easy to go home. Uh, those are competitive advantages, both in racing, in life, and business. Um, it's, it's amazing how easy... Uh, people will quit. And it's actually funny because like on Instagram, there's memes about people like go hard or go home. And people are like, Oh, just want to go home. And I'm like, less competition. Right. Like, like why are people bragging about that? I don't get that. So uh, yeah. So all the things I learned in endurance, just kind of, they seep over uh, into the rest of your life. And there's a saying, how you do, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I love that because, uh, we try to separate out, like skipping the gym. It doesn't really affect anything else. Or, uh, you know, we think we can isolate parts of our lives. And I don't, I don't really think that's as true as we want to think it is.
0: I, I, I would agree with that. When you were, when you were going through maybe your first ultra and you were hearing that voice, like, I can't finish, I'm not going to finish. What were you telling yourself? What were you focusing on just to take that next step? So it's less of a, I don't give
1: myself the option because um, a lot of people go in and they're like, well, you know, if I'm too tired, I'm just going to leave. Or like, yeah, if it's tough after mile, whatever. Uh, if I show up to a race, and, and and this is a little bit different than like, prof- like professional runners because, uh, you know, they'll be timing and they have certain expectations for their race. And if they're not on a certain pace, they'll bow out of like, you know, it's not their A race, so they're just going to like let it be. Um, for me, I run a lot to challenge myself and to find out what I become when I hit those walls, and so for me i when I get to the start line, I'm getting to the finish line if I show up to the start line, I'm getting to the finish line unless i I have like a broken leg um and I don't let myself have the out because if I let myself have the out, I would take it um and it's more just the commitment when I show up to the start line it's like I'm here to finish this thing uh, I'm okay with it being slow. I'm okay with it being like taking longer than I want it to be. I'm okay with stuff going wrong, but I'm here to finish. Unless I'm like, physically not able to finish, I'm I'm finishing this thing. Um and that decision at the beginning, and this I think this is true for a lot more than just running. Uh the decision at the beginning to not 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 be able to quit quietly, not not be able to go away and just kind of um like you know, slowly just fade out of, of the race or whatever, uh, the decision to like, uh, you're going to have to break me in order to, 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 to make me not finish. Um, I, that saves me a whole lot of heartache during the middle of the race because things get hard. There's a million reasons you want to quit, but like, it's just not, it's not on the, the option table. Like, it's just not there. Um, it's like, okay, well it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm slow now. Like I'm, it's taking me a long time uh, it's going to take me a, a couple extra hours than I thought I would be like okay well it's going to take you a couple extra hours have fun out there um and i I think there's a lot of things about that that's just you know i 'm not the fastest guy in the world, but like i'll i'll i can i can handle I can handle pain pretty well so um i don 't know if that 's always the smartest race strategy, but that's kind of uh the way i 've internalized it.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Joe, let's talk a little bit about what you have going on now, because uh, you know, if you visit your website, impossiblehq.com, there's a ton of content, great content on there from your blog to podcast episodes to the monthly challenges that we're talking about off air and and something I know our listeners would be all about because we've been doing monthly challenges that compete every day and, and a handful of them are always looking for other ways to get involved. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you have your hands in now, what you're working on.
1: Yeah, so uh, my focus right now is, uh, so I have a couple different businesses and they've kind of grown as as things have happened. Um, I have some stuff in the paleo and the keto. Um, uh, tell meal us planning. briefly
0: about that because that, that's been a pretty successful business as well for you.
1: Yeah, so it started as, accident, as an accident. I did a, a, a challenge to get six pack abs and do a photo shoot. And I did that, and I made a guide, and that guide did really well. And then in the middle of the guide somewhere, I mentioned something like uh, I did a modified intermittent fasting paleo uh, uh, diet, and that I got more questions about that than almost anything else. And I was like, I don't want Impossible to be a paleo-specific brand, but uh, I'm going to build out an FAQ and answer all your questions. And so um, I did that, and then that accidentally turned into a business. And so that became this big uh, site called Ultimate Paleo Guide. And then we have a meal planning service, which is a dynamic meal plan that will um, basically meal plan to your diet preference um, and uh, create a meal plan and recipe uh, strategy for you for uh, every recipes you can make in five minutes or 15 minutes and five ingredients. Um, And so it's super quick. Uh, You can order your ingredients online and get it shipped to you. Um, So it's kind of like Blue Apron if you didn't have to pay uh, $200 uh, for like two meals or whatever it is, yeah, Yeah, like uh, overpriced. Uh, so you just pay for ingredients and you make it yourself, but, uh, the the recipes are designed to be super quick. Uh, so I have that business, um, and I own it, but I'm not, uh, I'm not in the day-to-day ops anymore. Um, and then I have, a uh, mobility and training recovery, uh, tool and app called MoveWell. And that's designed, uh, I actually designed that after I got hurt in my first race, uh, in Patagonia and had to do a bunch of mobility and recovery tool uh recovery work Uh, and it was great when i was paying 75 dollars a session and going into the physical therapist and then i'd go home and they'd give me my homework and i wouldn't do it um and so movewell is designed to be that uh like in-home coach uh and help you do five to 15 minutes of mobility work a day and uh, if you're just a you know you're just sitting down at your desk all day it's gonna like unjack like it's gonna it's gonna fix your back and like fix your hips and all that stuff and if you're an athlete i think it, it, mobility work is the one thing that i've seen that's like supercharged by performance um uh to outsized degree like i'm really great at pushing myself i'm really good at doing the hard stuff and then like five to ten minutes of like sitting on a foam roller and you know just doing the work like that's that's harder for me to slow down but i've seen uh that have a bigger effect than um Uh, I would like to admit personally. And so it's been a, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good tool uh, that we've seen uh, a lot of people really gravitate towards because it's, it's designed around specific goals. So if you're going to go for a run, here's a five minute, 10 minute warm up. If you're going to do a, a strong lower body lift, like here's what you need to do to either warm up or cool down afterwards. And so they're purposeful goal specific routines designed to be done in under, you know, 10 minutes or so. Um, so those are the kind of the side businesses that have kind of incubated in impossible and kind of grown out and become their own thing. Um, and the goal this next year with impossible is really build it into a, a product company. And so we're working on um, uh, more uh, physical products with impossible designed to help fuel athletes to push their limits and do something impossible. And then uh, we want to do a lot more stuff with apparel because a lot of people go build their impossible list. Uh, and then wear their impossible shirt while knocking something awful, running a marathon, skydiving, uh, bungee jumping, et cetera. Uh, and we want to create more uh, gear that lets people do that. Um, and so those are the things that we're doing there. And then uh, on top of that, we're doing the, the, the weekly and six week challenges, um, the monthly and six week challenges. And then um, we're also doing a bunch more. more media. And so uh, over the years I've done a, you know hundreds of blog posts uh uh hundreds of blog posts my cold shower therapy TEDx talk has uh, about, it just got a million views on it and it's the worst shot TEDx talk of all time um and so it looks like it was shot on a potato and it still has a million views um, and so this next year I'm really focused on taking uh, the content that already exists in different formats whether it's uh uh whether it's on a blog or you know a poorly shot uh, TEDx talk and really kind of upgrading the amount of media production that we're doing. And so uh, taking a lot of the blog posts and turning them into uh, video shorts um, uh, that are inspirational, motivational to people, um, highlighting athletes uh, that we've talked about in the past and their impossible stories. And then uh, with stuff like the cold shower therapy talk, like we're going to be doing a, a much more cleaned up version of that. That's a little bit, you know, one of the one of the comments, you know, if you ever read YouTube comments, they say like, uh, well, don't do that. Uh, but one of the, one of the YouTube comments is, uh, you know, he, if you, if you put a, if you put this on like two X speed, it's not too bad. Uh, so I'm going to condense the talk a little bit and like clean it up and actually shoot it like professionally. Uh, and there's a lot of pieces of content out there that are super impactful to people and we just want to reach more people. And so, uh, doing it through media is, is one of the things that I really enjoy. I like scripting, I like, uh, going to cool places and training and, 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 showcasing other athletes besides myself. And that's one of the goals that uh I've kind of got laid out in 2020.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And for anyone listening, we're gonna link to obviously their YouTube video, all of the sites that we've discussed uh in the show notes. Uh but Joel, for anyone that's enjoyed the conversation, wants to learn more and get connected with you, where's the best place to find you online?
1: Yeah, so Impossible HQ is the best like hub for everything else. Um I'm at Joel Runyon on Instagram and Twitter you can follow me there. Um, and those are probably the best spots. And then, uh, Hey, yeah, you can join the newsletter. Uh, we have a, uh, a monthly and a six week challenge, um, series that we're going to be doing, uh, over 2020. So I think your guys uh, your listeners enjoy challenges. So if people are interested in that, um, jump on board and, uh, we'll be doing that uh, throughout the year.
0: Love it, man. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
1: All right, appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.